0: Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning, and you are with Lyle and
1: Martin, finally back together again. I was going to say,
0: miracles never cease, <laughs> I it would never
1: happen. It <laughs> was beginning to sound a bit uh, like it might, yeah, it might never come The Breakfast come Show me. team
0: is here, and we are live, and we are back on the show again.
1: And we are very grateful to Lawson, and to Nick, and to we whoever else it was that filled in for us while we've been gone in our respective I think Gemma time was frame. here for one That's right, yes, yes. I think she just came in to see the Australia's hottest vegan, but. <laughs> <laughs> why not you we won't hold it. that you against missed out. I did didn't I oh well I feel much better now having slept that day though <laughs> oh dear this is a delayed broadcast introduction though Lyle we should be oh yeah that's right
0: oh, we, we, we've already the, the breakfast show team has been together for yes um,
1: a few hours now we knocked it out or, or and maybe um,
0: a, maybe even a day maybe yeah a depending
1: on when you're hearing this um, uh, but do you know what don't stress you can jump across the live show uh, it's very easy you can go to the Faith FM website that's faithfm.com.au or you can download the TuneIn app which I listened to um, listen through uh, when I was over in Europe it was really great so yeah managed to tune into the show oh we're
0: getting more and more stations that have that are heading over to the live show. So oh, if nice. you're in an area and you are getting the delayed broadcast, then call the number 1-800-324-843 and do a little bit of lobbying, to see if you can get the live show in your area.
1: Yeah, it, must be wor- it must be working then. Like, it must yeah. be working. Yeah, because, you know, Yeah, give us a call. It must be with the pestering. It's all working. I'm, yep. I'm loving it. I'm yeah. loving it. It's great. It's good It's fantastic. News. Eventually there won't be delayed broadcasts at all.
0: You'll just right. be live. And in fact, I was, uh, I was up in Queensland at the Creation Ministries International Super Conference. Ooh, Got to talk to quite a few people up there and there was a number of people who came to me like, oh, we can't get your signal where we are. And I'm like, pass me your phone.
1: Yeah, <laughs> 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 Nice. <laughs>
0: Downloaded the TuneIn app, got the free version, showed them how to uh, push that X in the top corner so you don't have to pay for it and uh, pushed play, and the next moment... In there it was. Yeah, it was nice. Mon and Lawson over the airwaves.
1: I, I, when I was over in, in Prague and in and uh, in Europe, I also uh, got a few phones off people's hands and downloaded the tuning app for them as well. They're going to have a harder time tuning in because it will be like about midnight <laughs> over there when we start. But, yeah, people around the world are downloading the tuning app, which is great. And we have a great show coming up for you today. That's a little bit topsy-turvy, isn't it?
0: It's all over the place all because the place. our interview... Our interviewee, is that what we call them? Interviewee, yep. Yes, the person we interview, the person huh. we're talking to, is a very, very busy person. We very managed to busy. eventually track them down and mm. found them on the train. Just, yeah. And then they were off the train and then they were on the train again because they changed trains <laughs> all while doing an interview on the radio.
1: Well, do you know what I do hope? I hope that our listeners, by the time you hear this delayed broadcast, that your uh, little bit of lag there with the, with the daylight saving has worn off and you're back into the swing of things. We hope you have a wonderful day. Stay tuned.
2: Well, early in the morning, about the break of day, I asked the Lord, Help me find a way, help me find a way way to the promised land. land. This lonely body body. needs a helping hand. A new day is a dawning. Day is a dawn. it's about my heavy prayer. I pray to the Lord. Lord won't you, you lead me, me there. there? Won't you guide me guide safely me. through the golden, golden stair. stair? Won't you let this body, let your moon When the judgment comes, find the world in shame. When the trumpet blows, won't, you call, my name, won't you call my name? When the thunder rolls and the heavens rain, when the sun turns black, never shine again. Never shine again. When the trumpet blows.
0: Welcome back, guys. That was uh, you were listening to Peter, Paul, and Mary with "Early in the Morning," uh, which is a great song to start off the day.
1: Great song, uh, surprisingly short. We were still Instagramming. <laughs> <that song there. laughs> that was,
0: that was, I was like, "Whoa, we're back on it."
1: <laughs> uh, we were Instagramming our quiz. If you want to just get your brains kicked into gear this Monday morning, we are all feeling the pain. It is daylight savings for those of you who are in New South Wales. What uh, Sydney? Uh, yes, correct you. Lyle can't even wait for me to get to the <laughs> quiz. He's always he's trying. Like to, he's already trying to write down the answer, and he does know the. I correct got it off answer. Instagram. Okay, fine. You, you know you know the answer, but uh, is it just New South Wales that's got daylight savings? So like, no, Brisbane. No, everybody doesn't.
0: Has, Queenslanders and what is w- wrong WA with Queenslanders? doesn't.
1: I feel like it's a it's a minority thing, but we are everybody
0: all, else does. Everybody in the else. In I don't the think world. Taz does either. You don't think
1: that? I think you. I think you're trying to like campaign something that you're, doesn't exist. You're
0: hilarious. <laughs> Tasmania couldn't even function without daylight saving. <laughs> so far south,
1: Tasmania—that can't be true. Tas, in. tell us you're okay. <laughs> I'm Tas- pretty Tas- sure Tas- that-
0: Tasmania is so far south that if you did not have set so- daylight saving, <laughs> just the, the, the Look, state would even just, just disappear. See, this is this is where it, this is what happens. People you, from Lyle's the,
1: getting on his high horse. Everyone, people from
0: the north. Don't get daylight saving. Okay. And they're like,
1: what? But People
0: I'm, from the south don't get how you can live without daylight saving. I mean, in Tasmania, in daylight saving, summertime is the best. Okay, so you, maybe you, instead, you, you, you instead of got to doing work, it by right, state, we should do it you by got the work, equator. Right? You, got, you, you got to work. I used to be a uh-huh. the maker I, I'd finish work at, say, what, three thirty, four o'clock, whatever, trading yeah. time. And, and then I'd come home and then I had – 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. And it's still daylight I don't like to that. do stuff. I don't like that. But you can get so much stuff done. It's almost like having two days in one.
1: No, I, I, like, having, I like having the daylight earlier in the morning so I can get up and then get stuff done. Like by the time it to, do- to 8.30, I want to be in bed. Switch the sun off. Somebody, please.
0: Spoken like a true Breakfast Show host.
1: (laughs) It finally happened. (laughs) Okay, so I know we're all in pain experiencing this daylight saving, except for me because I have jet lag and everything's upside down for me right now. We are going to do this Bible quiz. Let's do it together, everyone. It's a What Number Am I quiz? So we know it can't be that hard because it's not like the Bible went no, up this to No, a really easy one. Yeah, the Bible only has a limited num- number of numbers that we know. That, that I mentioned. Yeah, yeah, it didn't get too high. Okay, so clue number one. Because Jesus wasn't even this old, the Jews couldn't understand how he could have seen Abraham. Because Jesus wasn't even this old, the Jews couldn't understand how he could have seen Abraham. If you think you know the answer, give me a call right now. one 800 faith FM It's 1-800-324-843. If you get it right, we will send you the prize. How exciting. Oh, oh, we have a list on texting in. She says, Daylight saving screws up our body clocks twice a year. Taz can keep it. I'm with Mon on this one. Ha! <laughs> <Duh. laughs> Okay, I
0: need some support here. Guys, give us a call, one 800 1-800-blah-blah-blah-blah.
1: That's the number to call if you're <laughs> to you need to Or
0: text us on here. Write it down. 0491. 064-669 if you support daylight saving.
1: Whatever, Trevor. Let me say about some actual good news, Lyle. Do
0: you know Daylight Saving was actually something that was voted in because people wanted it? Yeah and, and people, did you know that South Queensland Lyle, you know, people, is actually considering going daylight saving.
1: You know people also vote in communism just, before they realise it's actually a bad idea. They have to test it out for a while. See? That doesn't prove anything. Moving right along. <laughs> 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 I have some genuine good news to share with you, Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really, really cool development in our ongoing plastic saga. And I'm. this is probably my, my favourite out of all the stories that come out of the plastic, you know, how to reduce plastic, how to eat, recycle it, whatever. This is going to be my favourite. Check this out, right? Scientists are replacing plastic with algae. Algae? Algae. How cool is that?
0: So it just grows.
1: Well, check this out. Sorry. It's a revolutionary so idea. I, I
0: put my plastic... Bottle of water in the fridge. Tomorrow it might be twice as big because it's a living <laughs> organism.
1: <laughs> okay, check this out. So two Dutch scientists—they're um, using algae to replace plastics throughout their entire city, and they—and they genuinely believe that if their mission proves successful, that no one will ever have to use plastic again. That's a really big claim, considering how much we use plastic, right? Um, well,
0: we've really become you know plastic uh, fanatic campaigners yeah, ha- on, on faith FM but, but in but the last know, twelve months.
1: I—I I mean, sure, it might, some people might think that we're fanatics, but the genuine—the the part of that I'm interested question is how fascinating you know, when humans really get behind trying to solve a problem yeah, absolutely. the oh, science yeah. and the and the yeah, progress we, we that comes out of it we can solve these problems oh yeah for sure and I, I wish we'd done that sooner because I remember being a kid and being taught how algae was an issue because we had that it was a blue green algae yeah, or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. could go swimming yeah 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 why didn't we all harvest that junk and turn it into plastic that's what I'm thinking right now anyway uh, so two Dutch scientists um, they are using uh, so, so as you know um so algae is this sort of like plant thing and it lounges on the surface of like, you know, lakes and ponds and riverways and whatnot. And uh, it's, a, it's a sort of like an aquatic vegetation. And they use uh, photosynthesis uh, to take in carbon dioxide and release oxygen back into the atmosphere, just like every other plant species. However, as useful as that pl- um, that function is to this plant survival, um, these Dutch designers, uh, Eric Clarenbeek and Marjeg Dross, excuse me, have just found another feature which could prove useful as well. So they developed a bioplastic from the algae, which they believe um, could be used to replace synthetic plastics. So they harvest, they dry, and they turn it into a material that can be used in 3D printers to create everything from trash cans to tableware to shampoo bottles. I'm just,
0: Really? And what happens to it when you throw it in the rubbish?
1: Well, let me show you a picture. It actually looks really nice. How good does that look?
0: Yeah, it looks like plastic.
1: Yeah, it looks like a nice plastic. It looks like like a designer plastic. Quality plastic. It does look like it. So, so the goal is very ambitious, but I think totally totally doable. Um, So, they believe this. They call it algae polymer. Polymer. can be, uh, you know, uh, replaced plastics made from fossil fuels and they're kick-starting this transition by providing every restaurant and catering establishment in their city of Zandam with completely new sets of flatware made from algae plastic. That's how they're, that's how they're forwarding their campaign, just going to every single eatery in this city in, uh, in, the, in Holland and just providing them with new, new utensils from, made from algae. It's so cool,
0: right? That is very, very yeah, cool. Yeah. That is just awesomely cool.
1: And they've partnered with. I, the I just, th- I just
0: find it like, um, you know, the whole blue green algae thing. Yeah. And then I'm going to be eating using that, putting d- that d- in my mouth. I do
1: wonder if it has like a little sort of like a seaweedy aftertaste hmm, <laughs> <laughs> this tastes like sushi. I don't remember ordering sushi. <laughs> but um, they've actually partnered with a number of other companies that produce uh, biopolymers, that's plastic made from from plant matter, um, and they have a network known as the 3D Bakery. So there, so there's all these companies that are sort of at the moment working on this, you know, how can we make plastic from natural matter? So can, I, can like I
0: take my plastic then and just throw it in my garden and it turns back to vegetable matter and fertilizes my plants?
1: Like um, let me quick. I don't. I don't think it doesn't say anything on here about it. But I because
0: I mean that's the big issue. That's is true. How quickly does this stuff break down and turn back to whatever? Because plastic, of course, just sort of lasts forever. 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 Which, is, which is which is why it's so bad. And unless it breaks down faster than plastic, it, we're not actually improving anything, are we?
1: That's true. But I yeah, because, I mean, but
0: it definitely I, sounds if you're making it from algae, it definitely sounds like it's going to be Yeah,
1: I think their much
0: better for the environment.
1: Their um their take on it is trying to uh, stop using fossil fuels to create yes. plastics. Yep. So, uh-huh. I don't know if it breaks down. It <laughs> yeah, does because algae
0: is a renewable resource.
1: That's true. Yeah, and you can you know just grow it like in your backyard. I wonder if we could all just have I truly an algae
0: garden. And, okay, go out in the backyard, scrape up all my algae, put it in my 3D printer and away we go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like if you need some disposal plates for your next function, just, you know. Print them. Yeah. I truly believe With that algae. we are heading towards a world where everyone will own a 3D printer. Remember how like back in the day no one yeah, had a printer yeah, yeah. and then suddenly we all have printers?
0: Uh-huh. I'm looking I remember, forward to I remember back in the day when no, one had, when no one had a computer. It was like a really rare thing. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I remember when my boys were in high school and the high school had a 3D printer. Oh, I was thinking back, you know, when I was in high school, I remember when the high school had a computer
1: uh-huh.
0: and I was like, oh, wow, this <laughs> is, this, our school owns a computer, you know,
1: <laughs> and, and, it. and for them,
0: it's like, you know, our school owns a 3D printer. And so I'm just sort of wondering, you know, how far away is it before every home has a 3D printer so that we just, you know, I need this. Uh, z- 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 z-
1: that's right. That's right. And I wonder how much it'll cost, you know, at the moment, like it doesn't cost that much to buy a room of paper but how much will it cost to buy like a refill of whatever it is they use to, to do 3D printing? Is it plastic? Mm, I don't know, but how much cheaper would it be if you grow your own? Like, like you know, instead of going to the supermarket to get groceries and we all grow our own veggies in the backyard, we could grow our own algae and turn it into bioplastic. This maybe, could be the way maybe, forward. Maybe, maybe when
0: my swimming pool gets attacked by algae, that's the solution. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> indeed. This is Human Nature with People Get Ready. Stay tuned. We're going to have our current news and our interview after this.
3: There's a train a comin'. You don't need no baggage, and just to get on board, all you need is faith to oh, the diesel. Home. You don't need no ticket, no, no. Just thank the Lord. There's a train coming. You don't need a no baggage. And just to get on board, all you need is something to hear the diesel moment. You don't need a ticket. just thank the Lord. And people get ready for the train. Open the doors and bottom this room. People, people get ready oh, People get ready
0: Listening to Human Nature, People Get Ready here on Faith FM. And as we continue on with The Breakfast Show, Mon, what have we got for the second clue for our super easy quiz? Well, I'll Come tell on, give us right, a call.
1: I'll tell you right now, if you went on Instagram, <coughs> you would have already known the first two quiz, but, uh, quiz clues by now. This is a like what number am I? The second clue is Obadiah hid prophets in two caves. In each cave, he hid this many prophets. Give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM, or jump on our Instagram. Our insta is Faith FM Live, all lowercase, one word, and uh, and you can get a jump start on the clues on there.
0: So, if you wanted to find the answer to that question, whereabouts in the Bible would you look?
1: The Book of Obadiah. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that was,
0: a, that, was, that, was, that was Mon giving you a bum steer right yes. <laughs>
2: there.
0: <laughs> okay, so, of course, over the weekend we had the news that Brett Kavanaugh was um, – Voted in, voted in. Mm. Uh, interesting, inter- interesting ramifications from this. I've watched a little bit of the commentary over the weekend, and of course, the um, you know the left, um, their brains are just melting. Yeah, uh, they because, really are, aren't they? Um, this, of course, will give uh, you know it it, it. it may mean that they lose the uh, inalienable right to kill babies. Yep. And so um, you know they're just they, they find that just incredibly hard to deal with. And, of course, you know, this whole abortion issue, which has really been central to the reasons why, you know, the Democrats have worked so hard to keep Brett Kavanaugh out. um, So do you believe that's what it is? Oh, absolutely. I'm convinced of it. You know, if you look at the way they handled the whole um, sex abuse scandal, Mm -hmm. they had the information on the scandal. They knew about... Um, the accusations and they suppressed them and kept them up their sleeve for their last ditch effort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This was this was their last ditch effort, and you know whether it's true or not, I don't know. Um, He's been found to be innocent, and so we have to give him that presumption. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but the way that it was handled was very, very political.
1: Yeah, very political.
0: And, uh, and and yeah, the whole issue the whole issue really stems around the right to be able to kill babies, and now. Mm-hmm. Um, they may that they've had that right since the 1970s, mm-hmm. and they may lose that now with a a uh, a Supreme Court that for the first time leans to the right, um, and um, and might take them away. And so you know, it sort of it blows your mind that people get up so get so so upset that they can't kill babies anymore.
1: It's, it's incredible because he's only he, ha, ha, like how many other people are there in the Supreme Court? Like it's not it's not like it's just him. There's a bunch of them, right?
0: Yeah, <coughs> there's nine of them.
1: Yes, yeah, so there's one in nine that has a different opinion to them.
0: Well, there's actually five now, five out of oh, four. Okay. This is the issue because uh, it's tipped the balance. I you see. It's tipped I the balance, see. It's tipped the balance. Good. But anyway, that there's a number of other issues that come out of this, and of course, one of them is the uh, the politicization. I guess the word is of the court. Mm-hmm. The court is supposed to be above politics. It's supposed to be about the law. And now it is seen as and manipulated to be a political organisation because of its legislative power. And I think this is one of the things that a lot of people miss with the Supreme Court is that it does have legislative power. It shouldn't have legislative power and it shouldn't legislate. But because all lower courts are bound to the decisions of the Supreme Court, when it makes a decision on how the law should be interpreted, then all lower courts are bound to that, and what you're going to see is if you know Roe versus Wade is overturned, you're going to see the Supreme Court ag- acting as a legislative body, um, and of course you've got nine Supreme Court justices who are not elected by the people;
2: yeah, they're the they're appointed. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, <clears throat> the other thing that that I found very fascinating, just as an observer and just watching what's going on here, was that of course they had to. Um, you know, Donald Trump had to have somebody up his sleeve in case Brett Kavanaugh didn't get through. And, of course, the natural selection for that is going to be a woman because it's going to be much easier to get a woman through into this position because uh, you don't have to deal with um, the allegations of sex abuse. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. And uh, this is something that concerns me looking forward into the future. This is something that is, is, is fairly new. We've, we've had the Me Too movement, which was a good movement and a necessary movement. But at the same time, what it has meant is that the easiest way that you can destroy anybody's character or credibility is by making you know, some unfounded accusation. Mm-hmm. If you don't like their politics, all you have to do is accuse them of uh, sex abuse mm-hmm. and their life is over you know the will will Brett Kavanaugh ever have the credibility that he had in the past you know it's 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 irreparably damaged by what has taken place and what this has done it is irreparably damaged the um the reputation of the Supreme Court you know it used to be this body that was above politics it was all about the law it was all about justice now it's a political institution <coughs> that uh, where, where there is a cloud over, you know, at least one of the members of that institution, and you know, Donald Trump talked about men being vulnerable, and I've got to say that you know, there's not often that I find myself you know getting on here and, and agreeing with Donald Trump, but I I sense that vulnerability, you know, as a as a uh, you know I, I identify as a as a white straight Christian. Man, which makes me—you pr- know, you feel like you're the ha- the most hated species on earth, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because you just you know you just don't fit into a minority, and it's like I need to find a minority to to, to fit into, except for the minority of Christianity, of course, which is, you know, which is uh, really copping a lot of heat lately, and so really all of these things I see them as as very much a sign of the times in which we live, um, and an evidence that. You know, the world is a messed up place. Jesus is coming back soon. We have evidence here that, you know, you've got in our in the last election in the United States, where you had choices between uh, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, you sort of ended up asking yourself the question, how is it possible that we couldn't find or that the United States couldn't find better candidates? Yeah, because there's a choice between
1: yeah, good question.
0: Between two terrible candidates, really. Mm-hmm. You know, two really, really godless, terrible candidates. And um, as like, okay, how could they not find somebody better than this? And so you've got, I, I, I've seen a, a, a tremendous loss in credibility in the presidency as a result of that because you, you come up to the next election. It's like, well, what two terrible candidates are we going to have in the next election? So there's been a loss of credibility of the presidency, now you've got a loss of credibility in the Supreme Court. What you've got is a loss of credibility in the Democratic-Republican system, which demonstrates that no human system on earth is ever going to solve this world's problems. We have tried a lot of systems. We've tried you know, monarchies. We've tried democracies. We've tried, you know, you go on, you know, aristocracies. You go on and on and down through all the list. Communism, different systems that our world has tried to solve our world's problems. And while some of them are better than others, all of them have failed.
1: Do you think this is setting up a stage where a church entity deacon walk in and say, "Oh, hey, look, you've stuffed it up. We can fix this."
0: Well, this is a movement that has been taking place in our world for the last uh, 10 or more years where, you know, the world has recognised that uh, religion is actually at the heart of all of the global conflicts that we have. Um, every war is fought over religion. And so, you know, and, and, you know particularly with, uh, in, in the last 20 years, we've seen the United Nations lose its credibility um, and it's become a toothless tiger and something that sort of nobody takes any notice of anymore. Uh, what we, what we uh, you know, a, a, and as a result of that, you've got people, of course, heading to, you know, Pope Francis and saying, well, you need to set up, replace the United Nations with the United Religions because the issues aren't so much political as they are religious. Mm. And if we create a United Religions to replace the United Nations, and, of course, these are um, non-Christian nations, like, you know, Israel going to Pope Francis to say, this is what we need to have. You, you're the only person with the moral authority to do so. And of course, this is what we see in the Bible, a global gathering together at the end of time of the political leaders of the world driven by religion. You know, that's, what the, that's what the Bible says, you know, the dragon, the beast and the false prophet. Um, the <coughs> three unclean spirits from the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet, this is in the area of religion, go out to the kings, the political leaders of the world, to draw them together. And so when you see the collapse of, well, you know, the impending collapse or the cracks coming through in the, in the American system, we can see how these things could very, very easily take place.
1: So we now have a pro-lifer uh, in the Supreme Court, but we also have a lot more of uh, distrust and... And uh, I suppose discussed with the system as well, which is another yeah. step closer towards disunited religions.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. There's um, always this
1: one step forward, two steps back kind of thing happening, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. A little dance in the world. <laughs>
0: uh, it's an interesting world in which we live. I did have some other things I was going to talk about, but that sort of absorbed all of my time here this morning. But we're going to move on right now. I thought we were moving on. Uh, well... Maybe we just Oh I nearly had time
2: For that <laughs> other story I down, I'm going to get into This <laughs> other story
4: Behold I stand At the door and knock If anyone hears my voice And I No
0: To Carly Fletcher with knocking here on Faith FM, and we have come to encounter with God.
1: Before we do that, oh. it's, it's a weird place for us to come to encounter. Yeah, encounter I was going to, to say, like, why, why are we doing encounter <laughs> with God right now? <laughs> because our interviewee uh, is uh, on his way to work, so we can't talk to him right now. Um, but when he reaches work, we better talk to him. I was going
0: to say this is doing my head in. I've been away from a week and everything has changed. What have you done with the radio Daylight show?
1: Savings <laughs> encounter with God before the news, <laughs> and that's not it's all. Just messing with that's my- not all. No, I'm joking. <laughs> that's all. Okay, but let me hit you with another clue so you can get that brain kicking into gear this wonderful Monday morning. Uh, what number am I? When a priest was this many years old, he had to retire.
0: Yes, well, it I was considerably why. past the average lifespan of the era.
1: Oh, really? Yes, okay.
0: not within Israel, though. Interesting. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. In Israel, people would live uh, you know, long, long lives long. compared to the nations that were around them, if they were obedient to God.
1: Uh, that's true. That's very true.
0: And of course, this is why Semeth the Adventist lived. 10 years longer than everybody else. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a great thing about being an Adventist. You get to live 10 years longer. It's
1: true. We get, we get some good perks, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Just got
0: to throw that in there every now and then. <laughs> Just to rub it, rub the salt Just
1: in Just our the... blue zone status. Yes. So, yeah, give us a call if you know what number that is. <laughs> uh, what age did priests have to retire? 1-800-FAITH-FM, one 800 324
0: Oh, and by the way, if you're wondering why Adventists live longer, it's because we follow the same uh, principles that were laid down in the bible that the priests had to follow way back then yes
1: again. health practices a hel- a good healthy lifestyle yeah
0: yeah god god knew what he was talking about when he wrote the bible Indeed. simple as that he did not get it wrong and uh, what god wrote down so long ago and everyone's like oh no that's that's just all ceremonial well it might be you might consider it to be ceremonial but i got to tell you it works it
1: does really well it does and who like who better to know how to fix the machine than the creator of the machine, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. you know got to read the manual. <coughs> you find out what's That's going right.
0: on. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 28. And while we're turning to Deuteronomy chapter 28, we're going to be talking about the history of Israel. And, of course, the book of Deuteronomy was written covering the history of Israel while they were in the wilderness. And our subject is unity. Ooh, So unity and the Israelites in the wilderness. Do those words sort of go together in your mind, Von?
1: No, Israelites were quite famous for being like a bickering bunch of little <laughs> brats, aren't they? <laughs> yeah,
0: pretty much. Pretty much like our day to day, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was supposed to say the same thing. Much like we are now. But yeah, go on.
0: Okay, so in Jeremiah chapter twenty eight, God talks about, you know, the blessings that would come to Israel if they were obedient to his will. Um, and, of course, you know, the whole history really is a history of disobedience and anarchy. And mm-hmm. um, and and then, of course, you know, if you go further on into the history of Israel, you find that they would turn to God and that they would be blessed. And then they'd turn away from God and they would cease to be blessed. <coughs> and uh, <coughs> excuse me. And so each time you've, you know, you've got this pattern going backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, you can read it through the history of their time in the wilderness, and then you go to the time of the judges and then you go to the time of the kings, and then you come down to eventually guys like, okay, that's it, you're going into captivity, and they're going to Babylonian captivity and you know Jeremiah and Ezekiel turn up to prophesy for them.
1: I feel like every time they could stuff up, they did stuff up pretty much yeah,
0: pretty much.
1: can we get this wrong? Yes, we can let's get it wrong.
0: <laughs> Uh, it's, it's so good that we're so much better than, than yeah, them. Yes, si, so much
1: better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. Praise God that we are not like these foolish Israelites. <laughs> isn't
2: that what oh, the, was isn't like, at in the, the mirror, Pharisee? isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, so Deuteronomy chapter 28, would you like to read us a, a few verses starting there in verse 1, please? Mon.
1: If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all His commands that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed.
0: Let's stop there for a moment. Let's consider the blessings that God has promised. What are these blessings based on in this passage?
1: Based on? Looks yes. like a bunch of stuff to me.
0: Yeah, but the, 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 oh, oh, sorry.
1: sorry. Yeah, based on obedience.
0: Obedience, yeah. yeah. If you are fully obedient... Okay, so list for me a number of things that would be blessed there.
1: Uh, towns, fields, children's crops, herds, flocks, fruit, bread.
0: Okay, let's let's work our way down through this. Towns, children, we'll make a bit of a list here.
1: Yeah. Crops. Yep. Crops. Herds. Livestock, yeah. Um, food.
0: Food.
1: And wherever you go and whatever you do. So going and, and doing. And,
0: and amongst the nations. Yeah. Now, was this – the question is, you know – was this just a supernatural thing that god would step in and and just supernaturally bless everybody in a miraculous way simply because they were obedient
1: no i think it was a, a natural progression of you know obeying god like when you obey god he's not doing it just to ha, ha ha i'll make them do what i want them to do it was like the logical thing to do
0: yeah absolutely yeah. And, and and this is something that um, you know someone was actually bringing out at, a, uh, at the, the the Creation Super Conference that I was at. Um, we were having a conversation together there uh, last week and, oh, man, I've got so many exciting things to talk about at the Creation Super Conference. You have no, no idea I'm it was the most amazing experience and I don't even know where to start talking about it but uh, I've got to say that if you ever get a chance to go to one of these conventions, then uh, you just absolutely have to go.
1: Oh, I'm bummed I missed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It,
0: it just like mind-melting information. It was just incredible. But anyway... Um, If we look down through this list here, okay. So did God comment on how they would grow their
1: crops? Yeah.
0: Yeah, he did. God had a lot to say about how the Israelites would grow their crops. Amongst other things, uh, they would grow their crops for six years, and on the seventh year, they would not grow any crops. Mm -hmm. They would just eat whatever the ground grew by itself and then um and then give it a rest give the give the land a rest for a year and then come back and cultivate it again this is good practice to this day you know, it's true. The, the, the reason that we feed so much into our soil today so that our soil can produce is because we don't practice this. We're like, no, we've got X amount of dirt. And from that dirt, we need to get a crop every year else we're going to go broke. And the pro- pressures of modern day society, that's probably very true. And so you have to be constantly feeding stuff into the soil, whereas if you could just let it rest for a year
1: it replenishes itself. It replenishes itself.
0: Mm-hmm. And so obedience wasn't just, you know, God miraculously uh, uh, you know stepping in and like, oh, I'm going to make your crops grow better because, you know, you kept the Sabbath or whatever else it is like that. And there is that, that aspect to it as well. I'm not taking away from that. But God had actually given them a system that would work.
1: Yeah, it's a bit like road rules, right? Like we have traffic laws. Yeah. And you know, I guess you could almost say, hey, if you follow all the traffic laws, you'll have the blessing of safe travel. And we know that, you know- safe well, If everybody
0: did, we would. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's not, it's not some sort of a miracle that we get safe travel if we keep the, the road rules. We get safe travel because we've kept the road rules because that's what they're there for. They're there yep. to keep you safe, right? That's right. Yeah.
0: And whenever they're broken, it's always the, it's always the human factor that causes- That's accident. true. This is, this is why they're saying, yeah, if we have self-driving cars, your problems are solved because you eliminate the Human, human factor. factor. Mm. Um, And it's uh, humans who break things. You know, if you look at this, um, it talks about the herds, you know, and they were given instruction how they were to take care of their animals. It talks about their towns. One of the interesting, you know, I was going to talk about this before, the interesting observation is between, that was made in relationship to nations that have a Christian background versus nations that don't have a Christian background and their attitude towards law. Mm -hmm. And so Christianity has a history of the Ten Commandments. That's true. Because of that, Christianity has a history of law and of obedience because we believe in law and believe in obeying God. Other religions don't have that same concept of law and obedience and you can tell that as soon as you step out on the street. Because they don't, that's, not, that's not a part of their culture, it's not a part of their history. Obedience is not a, uh, is not a big thing. It's more about appeasement um, with a lot of these religions rather than obedience. And uh, you take obedience out of the equation, and that is then reflected in society. And so you can look at some of the ways that uh, you know, people drive on the street is, is, is a good example of people's attitude towards law. Um, and you can look at this between Protestant nations and Catholic nations. There's a contrast there. You can look at it between, you know, Christian nations and non Christian nations. Um, and the further you get away from God, the, l- the, the, the the lower the attitude of people in relationship to law.
1: It's, and just a general respect thing as well. Respect yeah,
0: and, and respect of other people, mm-hmm. uh, particularly because some religions are going to say that you are number one.
1: That's right.
0: Whereas God says, no, no, you're the problem. You need to die to self and live for Jesus Christ, live for somebody else.
1: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay,
0: so moving on with uh, what we were dealing with here in relationship to the blessings, the Bible says that the children would be blessed. All right, does the Bible teach about raising children?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: And does the Bible give good principles in relation yes, to raising? Yes, most what certainly are some of those, What are some of those principles that you find in the Bible there, Mon?
1: Well, that's a bit controversial, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm throwing this one to you and not to me. I was like,
0: I'm going to get. Mon- <laughs> I'm gonna throw Mon in the hot water here. And
1: <clears throat> Look, it does say if you, if you spare the rod, you'll spoil the child. Actually, it doesn't. It, it doesn't? Have I misquoted that? You, you've, you've misquoted. It says
0: that, but not like that.
1: Okay. That's, well, a,
0: that's a, a saying that as human beings we have come up with.
1: What What is the real saying? It says,
0: foolishness dwells in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it from him.
1: Well, there you go. <clears throat> basically means the same thing, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we came up with the
0: saying, spare the rod. Sp-. I went looking for it one day and I've typed it into my computer. Like, it didn't come up. Isn't and it really, funny? really did my head. It's like, why is this not coming up? Maybe I missed it. Maybe you know where it says that in the Bible. You give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three is the number, or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine.
1: But it's funny like that. There's often little sayings that we think are from the Bible, but they're but they're absolutely not from the Bible. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and, and but there's an important principle right here,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that important principle is that foolishness lives in the heart of a child. It's true. That's the way it is supposed to be. Yeah, children are not supposed to know everything when they are born. Right. This is not talking down towards children. It's just simply stating the obvious fact that children know less than what you do.
1: Like, for example, the little girl in the news just the other day who um, shredded $1,000 cash that her parents had been saving up. And it's not because, you know.
0: She was just having fun with the shredder. Yeah,
1: yeah. She was just having fun <laughs> $1,000 later. <laughs> pretty <Oops>. big shred. <laughs> and that's Oops. just foolishness, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's not because, you know.
0: Yep, and she probably wasn't being malicious. Like, oh, no. a paper shredder. Oh, so so yeah. much fun, you know. I'll
1: help mum and dad by putting out this trash this <laughs> <new> stuff <is. laughs>
0: Yes, well, people have um, thrown it in the fire before and all kinds of things when they've been throwing out the trash. But um, yeah, <clears throat> okay, so this principle is a, uh, is, is a principle in the Bible that foolishness lives in the heart of a child. And when you ignore that principle, what you do is you turn yourself into fools. You know, so now we've got situations in the world where we've got um, two- and three-year-olds that are undergoing gender reassignment surgery.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it?
0: Any, any parent or any medical professional who participates in that kind of practice should be locked away for child abuse. Absolutely. The worst kind of child abuse. There is no way... That a child is qualified to make those kinds of life-changing decisions.
1: The ch- kids at that age are still growing up and learning. There's no <coughs> way they can make such a huge life-changing decision at that point.
0: Yeah, and and, and this is one of the things that was uh, once again uh, was discussed. You know, I was discussing with some people up at the uh, super conference, and these are these are incredibly well-educated people. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're just talking to one of the medical professionals up there about this, and you know you've you've got you know 2 3 year olds you know uh, uh, undergoing gender reassignment because you know they're like oh i want to be a girl or oh i want to be- oh it's okay so we'll we're, we're going to make a, um, a a surgical change here um and then they brought out the statistics that almost every person who goes uh, uh, who undergoes gender reassignment surgery has gender reassignment regret
1: oh really
0: Almost – the the research shows that it is almost universal.
1: Wow. And then
0: we're going to inflict this on our children Uh, who are not qualified to be making these kinds of decisions.
1: It's truly awful.
0: You know, it's one thing if a – if an adult makes – poor decisions, but at least they can blame themselves for those decisions. But think about these children. Think about how they're going to blame their parents, Mm. you know. Why didn't you take care – where was your duty of care as a parent? Absolutely. You know, kids come up with all kinds of crazy things. You know, kids are walking like, yeah, I'm Batman.
1: Yeah, I've got a cape. I'm going to (coughs) jump off the roof. I'm going to fly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and, and then they break a leg and we take them to hospital and have a bit of a laugh and they get over it and figure out that they're not Batman. Mm. But – Um, you know that's that's something that's quite temporary. It's not it's not the uh, you know the world hasn't ended just because they jumped off the roof and broke their leg. Um, and and most of the time when they say yeah I'm Batman, it's like yeah we all sit around and have a laugh, but that does not mean that they are Batman and that they need to have you know some surgical (laughs) change to to to, um change them into some kind of Batman. Um, you know, and, and kids will experiment with all kinds of ideas. They will experiment with all kinds of. You know, this is just a natural part of play. Um, and so, you know, some kids are like, yeah, I want to be a little girl today. That doesn't mean they want to have gender reassignment. That's right. And it doesn't mean that we should be, like, pushing them down that path.
1: Yeah, I, do- I doubt they even really understand.
0: In fact, because we are the adult and we have the wisdom that a child doesn't have, we have the education, then we should actually be encouraging them to make wise decisions and say, no, actually – you're a little boy. You're not a little girl, or you're a little girl and you're not a little boy.
1: Yeah, and that way they can be blessed. Because and, and, and
0: within about thirty seconds, of course, they, 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 their mind has changed.
1: Yeah, and then they want to be a cow or a horse or a yeah. policeman or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and that way, that way, we can get this blessing because it says yeah, you know, your, your children and your crops will be blessed if you obey God's <coughs> law.
0: That's right, um, and it's quite simple. Uh, Bible says, "Foolishness dwells in the heart of a child." It is a biblical principle stating, I should say, the obvious child doesn't know as much as an adult does. And children need parents.
1: Mm -hmm. You've
0: got some thoughts on that. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843, or text us on 0491-064-669. Should we imprison people who uh, allow children to undergo gender reassignment for child abuse? I believe we should. I'd love to hear your opinion on the subject. Anyway, moving on. Uh, The Bible says that their herds would be blessed, their crops would be blessed, their children would be blessed, their towns would be blessed, uh, their nation would be blessed. Now, this is interesting. Blessed above all other nations. Why would obedience to God cause their nation to be blessed above all other nations?
1: Well, surely it's got to do with, uh, you know... um Oh, not, not infrastructure, what's the word? When they have like, you know, government and everything's in order and they're, yeah. you know, they're moving forward. Good government. Yeah, I mean, which, which can result in good infrastructure when you have like a system, mm-hmm. um, you know, infrastructure.
0: Good government creates good society, which creates positive and um, optimistic people, which creates wealth, which creates... Strength, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these things go together to build a great society.
1: Yeah, because if you need to evoke change for anything, having a system with which to create that change is vital. Like, can you imagine if there's like no system and you want to make a societal change or you know a local local you know community change? It's so much harder. But having a system in place to implement changes is great. So you can keep moving a society (laughs) forward.
0: Yeah, and of course, this was a system where you know God set this up as a theocracy. From the time of Moses through to the Babylonian invasion, they were under supposedly or they had the opportunity to be under a theocracy, which is government by God, which is the only system that will ever work. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they kept taking that government away from God and <coughs> giving it back to themselves. And whenever they did, they messed it up. And that's why we have such a history of um, you know, everything being messed up again and again and again. And, and the other thing I think that we should point out is that you know, the average lifespan – in the world back then was less than 40 years old.
1: It's so sad. I'd less ca-
0: than 40 years old.
1: I'd be coming up to my, to my end.
0: And the lifespan for God's people was 70. Three, wow. score, three score and 10, the Bible says. That's, a score is 20, so three score and 10. We often talk about the famous three score and 10. That's something you will find in the Bible.
1: I mean, 70 is not great, but compared to 40, it's amazing.
0: Oh yeah, this this was um, you know this was people who and of course that's going to be an average. So you can have people that are living into the in eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. You've mm-hmm. got uh, Daniel, for instance, who lived into his nineties, and you know had outlived how many emperors did he outlive Nebuchadnezzar, um, several of his sons and and uh, son in laws, down to his grandson Belshazzar. Then you've got Cyrus and Darius. You know he's just he, he's just like. People would be thinking this guy is immortal. He just keeps going and going and going. He lived more than two lifespans for his era, and of course, you find out why when you read Daniel chapter one. That's he had true. He got vegetables to eat and water to drink. Uh huh. You know, he had a great lifestyle, and it paid out for him. and And God's people were set up to to be just like that which is why we had our little brag earlier about being Adventist and getting to live 10 years longer than everybody else.
1: And I guess it must have also worked on the uh, the herds and the flocks. Were they eating vegetables and drinking water and that's why they lived longer? (laughs) Is that why they say there's a blessing on those as well?
2: (laughs) I think
0: they were probably eating grass, (laughs) (laughs) much like they are now. Um, But, yeah, good good principles of good husbandry um, is going to, which you do find in the Bible, is going to produce a blessing amongst your herds and your flocks and... Because God was creatures. also interested in our wealth. That's right. You do not have, you know, batteries. Um,
2: Where are you now when darkness seems to win? Where are you now when the world is crumbling? Oh. I-